I'll make them all see that I could be anything I wanna be If you got a dream, then you need persistence and lots of belief, yeah Yo, don't take that Negative energy, I replace that I just wanna be me, I don't fake that I just wanna be free, yeah, chase that I got a new obsession It's helping and teaching and giving everyone a lesson Hey, what's going on? It's Kyle George. And I'm Rodney Harris. And you're listening to a different angle. <sighs> I mean, how else do we usually start the show than checking in with how we've been? How's everything? What's everything been like? Uh, so, uh, Rod, what's up, bro? <laughs> uh, not much, man. Um, coming off a wild week, uh, a little bit of stress. But I would say this week I'm giving myself a six. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been a little rough, but you know, some changes about to happen. Some positive changes are coming. So let's make it happen. Yeah, man. Uh, as for me, I already like hinted at, at a little bit of what happened today has just been so extreme. Um, the last couple of days have been a little rough. So I will also say a six, um, but you know what? Something really good happened today. Uh, and, I, and I'll share it because, you know, I think it's cool. A uh, baby girl flew by herself for the first time today. So and everything was good. Uh, it's actually a, it's actually a really good story. Um, I'll explain. I'll explain everything off air. So like, yeah, like that, that was that was a really good positive. Um, I did see Air Force One today. That was interesting. Um, but uh, not I'm not even joking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. So. Look, I know I know you will do the correct intro for this man, but I just want to point out that we have our first repeat guest, and I think that's very special. So thank you for coming on. Rod, take it away. Well, you heard him on the first episode talking about the view, his views, and how children are viewing the said situations going on socially around him. And we thought it would be a great idea to bring him back for another episode. And this time it's going to be a little different. This time it talks, it taps into the children because of what's being taught in schools today. But it also taps into another realm of race and culture going on in today's society. See, Krista Carlos is back with us today because he had to endure something that a lot of people who happen to not be African-American or happen to not be of the of a minority um, hasn't really had to endure, maybe even heard or maybe seen, but haven't had to sit through what he had to sit through and basically taken without any questions, without any, without any verbiage of feedback. He had to just sit there and take it. And I felt that to get his perspective on it, and he's going to explain what it is to get his perspective on it is huge. Chris, call us. How are you, buddy? I'm well, Rodney. Thanks guys for having me. I had a blast last time, so this should be fun. Anytime I get to talk to you guys, I really do appreciate it. So now Chris, now the episode that you were on was real powerful and it really put things in perspective for a lot of people tapping into what children are thinking and how they think today um, because it, that can get misconstrued because some look us adults, we're not in the schools every day, but as a person that works in the schools, walks those hallways, hears those side conversations going on, you are t- pretty tapped in. You, you get it the first hand look, but 
on the flip side, when you were about to take that next step in your career and make that career trans transition, there were some things that were going on in, in the middle of the pandemic socially around the country. And we all, we all can say, we all acknowledge what was going on. Wasn't the right, what wasn't the right thing that should be going on. Um, and we all had a feeling that maybe things might've be taken a little too far. Um, and so a lot of misunderstanding will start happening. Not a lot of asking of the right questions, but a lot of assuming would happen. Um, and we have a lot of people starting to stand on the 10 toes down, take an opinion and not back it up with fact. Um, we had a lot of people just dish out a lot of talking heads on TV, really roping people in. And we don't really dabble into politics too much on the show, but right or left, doesn't matter which way you swing. It was a lot of standing on your soapbox and kind of just yelling from the top mountaintop, telling, telling people they're wrong and these people are right or they're right and these people are wrong. So tell us a little bit about what you had to go through making that transition into the next step in your career. And there's a certain test that you had to take or a class that you had to take in order to make that transition. Am I correct? Well, yeah, it was, um, I was out of work for about four months with, um, when COVID hit and then they brought us, they brought us back. Um, and it was a couple months after the George Floyd, uh, murder. And, we got word that we were taking a training. It was, um, I'm not going to give you the company that came in because I don't want to get you guys in trouble. Fair. But the company, I, the agency I worked for was Little Flower. And um, they, it, rumor came, was swirling that it was a, um, a CRT, a critical race theory. Um, so with an open mind, I did some research on the CRT and, it was around September, late September that year. They, um, we had everything was on a Zoom. So, my staff, myself, and um, you know our friend Anthony, we sat in my office and we started the Zoom. Um, basically, the, there's a dude and his assistant, and he just first thing he says is, um, "I'm here to fix your racist organization." That's right out of Jump Street. Now, there was no incident at our agency prior which I can understand if there was, you want to talk about it. Um, and just a brief history, the agency is 94 years old to this day, and it was started by Father Fagan way back in, if I, my math is correct, 30s, where he housed African-American orphans. That was the, um, the point of the facility. And twice during the 94 years, way back then, Father Fagan had to fight off the KKK who tried to burn him down stood his ground, stayed, you know, and kept housing African-American orphans. So that now, now, so now we're at 2020, and the agency is kind of turned over to more of a special needs agency. But the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm here to fix your racist organization. Um, and like any other live stream, we couldn't speak back, um, but we could comment on the side. So... You know, immediately people start commenting. My comment was, do you have, what are your, and he kept railing on it. What are your facts? Why is this a racist uh, organization? Because, and it was offensive to me and a lot of other people because we were a mixed bag. You know, um, we ate lunch together. We were friends. We had a lot of people, you know, you had um, 
relationships with each other because of the nature of the agency where you have overnights. And we all got along great. You know, like any other agency, you don't really get along or see eye to eye with the administration. But as far as us, you know, the, the everyday people, we got along great. And you know, so they start out by that, just blanket statement. Um, we're going to fix your racist organization. And then they start using terms like you white folk and you need to denounce your whiteness um, in order to see your racism and just blanket statements. And whenever I was asked, they seem to pay attention a lot to mine and Anthony's comments. Um, so whenever I was asking, what are your facts? What, you have facts behind this? You know, why, why is this a racist organization? And they wouldn't, they would just keep, it was like a spiel, you know, it was like a planned out spiel. And our administrators, you could tell they were sitting like on a dais kind of up top. And you could tell they were briefed on this. So they already knew what they were going to say, right? It was all rehearsed. Um, I was also the acting shop steward for the union. So at this point, I'm getting texts from my coworkers. Not happy with what's going on, and they're saying to you know, Chris, keep going because some people just don't like to feel comfortable speaking up. I've never had that problem, so I'm speaking up and I'm asking them questions. They won't answer, and the assistant at a certain point sends me a private message and says, um, "You've done enough uh, talking. Please hold your comments." And I said, "No, no, 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 no. I'm going to talk. You guys said this was a conversation." And I'm going to talk. Um, and then she just kind of went back to doing what she was doing. Um, I asked, you know, like I said, the important questions. I know it made everybody uncomfortable. Um, African-Americans, um, Latinos, whoever, you know, worked there that was in the, this training. I was getting texts that was uncomfortable. And after it was over, it was kind of like it was a like something just happened like a almost like a death feeling in, in in the um at the facility you know and, and the day-to-day -day work there was rough you know you're dealing with a lot of different issues but you know for the most part uh, you know we enjoyed each other's company and then you had you know people were just like this is bs you know this is bs and this is coming from you know african-americans and and they're like this made me uncomfortable and i remember one woman sweet woman serena she's like chris we're friends i said yeah we're friends and she's like and i didn't like the fact that they're sitting there telling you you know you have to denounce your whiteness you know your your um you white folk and all this other stuff and that was another comment i may i had made i said why are we white folk why are we white folk they weren't answering they didn't answer any of my questions um but then that night I went to football practice and I get a call on my cell phone from the VP of the, of the agency. So when I returned to work the next day, I called her and she says, well, you seem to have a lot of comments and she recited my comments verbatim. So they were really paying attention to what I was saying. And, um, she, she wanted to know, um, why I felt the way I did. I said, because you were race baiting. I said, plain and simple. It was just racist. Why did you have an issue with, with us calling you white folk? And I said, because you're referring to people by the color of their skin. That's why I had an issue with it. 
I'm like, that's not what you're supposed. What people are supposed to be doing. It's not how people treat each other. Um, and then she had said to me, she was, well, what is your definition? She was, well, if you think your if your definition of diversity and equity is being colorblind, you're wrong. And I said, what? I said, so if if you, I said, so if I'm trying to look at people for who they are, not the color of their skin, you're telling me I'm wrong in a diversity training? I said, that just proves what I was saying to you was correct. I said, you just proved my point. And then she tried to bait me a little. And she's like, well, what are you? And she knows who I am, right? She knows me personally, but she's asking, well, who, what, what, what are you? And I said, what do you mean? What are you? So I, I said, again, I know what you're doing here. I'm not going to take your bait. I said, what I am is a proud American of Italian and German descent. That's what I am, right? I said, that's what I am. And then she goes, well, you know, with that background, you would know nothing about oppression. And I said, well, you've never had a conversation with me. So you don't know where my family comes from. I said, my father was born in Nazi Germany during the war. My grandmother met my grandfather was an American soldier. My father lived there for a year. I said, she had to, after the war was over, you know, they, they got her out of there, but she lived during the Nazi rule. I said, and, and, and I was told stories about how she had to hide in the bunker when she, when she was a teenager and her family was getting attacked and raped upstairs. I said, I have two Asian nieces that came over from China to, because they didn't want to live in that oppression anymore. I said, but you want to sit here and make a blanket assumption that I don't know about oppression. I said, I, did. I said, me personally hadn't experienced that, but my family went through that. And I was taught those lessons when I was a kid. My grandmother, God rest her soul, passed away uh, three years ago, 96 years old. She came to the country right after the war. My father was born in 47. So she came to, she was in the country. This was like 1996. We were having Christmas and I had, they were, we had seven, she had um, seven grandchildren and she decides to tell us, she brings us all in the room and says, I got to tell you guys something. Okay. What's up, grandma? Um, I just want to let you know, you guys are part Jewish. Okay. She's like, why, why are you telling us now? Well, it was a secret I had to hold to get at, you know, because if they would have found out my family was part German Jew in Germany, I wouldn't be here anymore. You know, so you know, just understanding all this stuff. But my point with the woman was, with the VP was, like, you're not ha trying to have a conversation with me. You're trying to talk at me. You're trying to tell me catchphrases and buzzwords. And you're trying to bait me into saying things so you could say, oh, well, he's this, he's that, without really knowing me. And that, that was, like, the basis of it. I remember Anthony actually got through. He found a phone number on well, while we were on the Zoom, and he got through to them. And they picked up the phone. And when they realized... He was one of the workers. They hung up on him, hung up on him. And, you know, Anthony was baptized by Father Fagan. So he Father Fagan is revered in that area for what he did um, way back when. And for someone to come in, like I said, if there was an incident that had racial overtones, let's discuss it. But there was nothing. This is just your knee jerk reaction to the George Floyd situation, which that if you wanted to have a discussion about the. George Floyd murder, let's have that too. But what these agencies are doing is it was a knee-jerk reaction. And I'm I wanna 
like when we hear on the news that you have parents railing against CT, uh, CRT, right? And then other people say, no, they just don't want to learn about African-American history. Um, no, it's the CRT, the critical race theory is what I'm speaking of. And that's, I'm not saying that's going on in all the schools, but that's going on in a lot of schools. And, you know, what they're teaching is just wrong. And it's not even a teaching. It's just telling you, okay, we're going to, it's we're, we're going to tell you you're wrong. You're bad. You're no good. You're not because of the, the color of your skin. And before I let you guys go, like that one comment stuck with me when she said, it's not about being colorblind. And I just was dumbfounded. I said, well, and this is a six figure executive, you know, who probably has two masters, wants to run around. I'm smarter than you. And you pass an ignorant comment like that. But that was the crux of this agency they hired to come in. So I'm not supposed to be colorblind. That's not going to fix the diversity problem and how we treat each other in this country. You want me to look at people for the color of their skin is basically what they're saying. And it's like we always say, you, in the name of certain things, you wind up, you know, negative, negatively um, doing the reverse of what you're talking about. You, you follow what I'm saying? So that was the crust of it. Luckily, I moved on to another career F, um, right after that. And I didn't have to subject myself to any more of it. Um, Anthony had to go a couple more rounds, but he was so boisterous that instead of completing all four rounds, they told him he was done after, after two because he asked questions that they didn't want to answer. Um, so that was my experience with it. And I just wanted to shed some light on it because you know, a lot of it, depending on what news channel you watch, they'll tell you, although that's fake, that's fake. No, it's real. And this is what they do. And I just find it disheartening and, and disingenuous to if, to pass this along to impressionable kids. When I was in elementary school, you know, I was a kid in the seventies and we were, I guess we're coming off the um, civil rights movement and all that stuff. We were taught African-American history. We were, remember Roots came out, I think it was in fourth grade and they wanted us to watch it. And they sent them, you know, permission slips and they let our parents know what, you know, was involved in it. And if we were allowed to watch it and discuss it, I remember watching that for a week. I was about 10 years old and we discussed it, you know? So I was taught all history when I was in school. Um, and we learned about different cultures and, you know, through social studies and wh whatever the course was. And that's how we were brought up, you know, but I don't, what's going on now. It's not that it's not that. And I'm sure there's people out there. Listen, I'm not that don't want to hear about African-American history. That's your ignorant self. Right. I always I'm I could learn something from anybody if we have a conversation and that's what's lacking. And that's what's going on with this critical race theory. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your piece. And uh, man, um, I, I, I knew it went deep, but I didn't know it went that deep. Um, there's a couple of points that. Oh man, I want I want to talk about and uh, let's start with the back end of it, where you were talking about roots and history. My parents own roots on DVD, and we watched it every February. Um, and I watched it since I was a little kid, all the way up until I was every February. My dad would watch roots. He owned the DVD, and I would ask questions like, "Why, why was this so important?" My mom was like, "Roddy, you don't understand. Back in the seventies, 
teachers were afraid that teachers that happened to be white were afraid to come to school because in, my mom grew up in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. And in Bed-Stuy, when, when, when African-American kids saw Roots, it kind of rallied up a, a, a group of people that just got them really, really angry what they were seeing. So they started to take it out on, on white people. And some people got their cars damaged, tires slashed. Teachers purposely called out from saying, "I'm not coming in because I'm too afraid." Um, it was a big, it was a big deal, and I didn't realize it until later on in life when you look back in the history of it and you're like, "Wow, the impact that that one documentary or tele series can have on a group of people." Now, granted, everybody took it their own different kind of way depending on what neighborhood you're in, you know? And I know some, there was some, some white people that took it a certain kind of way. My mom said they were, they were very apologetic and, and there's certain things I always wanted to tell people when they, when you're going through the um, critical race theory pool and you're, you're in that pool and this is critical race theory has been something that's been studied for years. It just never was brought to the forefront to be talked about. But like everything in this country, we have a tendency of ex making things extreme where something that I'm not saying critical race theory is a nothing and it's nothing. Oh, it's a thing, but it's you did. We've amplified it so high to the point where everybody's running out here thinking they know critical race theory. And I'm saying there is no there's no course you can take on critical race theory. There's, there's professors that study this for I made a career out of studying critical race theory, but there are people and books that, and things that we were taught in society that tell us otherwise. So I always go back to Dr. Martin Luther King. The I have a dream speech said, I want to, I want one day that my kids can walk around to be judged by, not by the color of the skin, but the other content of their character. So, we were told in society by one of the greatest African-American leaders of all time to not judge me based on the color of my skin, but judge me by the content of my character, who I am as a human being. Because for a long time in this country, we weren't, we weren't looked at as human. We were one-fifth man. And we go from that in the civil rights movement to today of don't be colorblind, see color. It's kind of like we're running in reverse. And now we want to just no. You have to acknowledge that your that that person's black. You, I, I don't want you to acknowledge that I'm a black man. I, you see, obviously, I'm a black man, yeah, right? We are. We have eyes. Yeah. yeah, like would you see me? What I want you to do is acknowledge the things that I've gone through. I don't want you to acknowledge the fact that I'm black. We we all know I'm black. But when I tell you my story and you turn around and tell me, oh, that's not true. That doesn't happen to everybody. Well, it happened to me. <laughs> so I've come on this show. You've heard the episodes, Chris. Well, I've talked about my encounters with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. I, I have family members that's law enforcement. I have yep. people I grew up with since we were little kids that's law enforcement. So it's, this is not an attack against law enforcement. I keep saying that because I have people that's military, law enforcement, all that. But I'm going to tell you this. My encounters with law enforcement might have been a little different from Chris's encounters with law enforcement. Hell, my encounters with law enforcement might have been a little different from Kyle's encounters with law enforcement. Oh, no, a lot different. 
So you under, like you understand? So, like there's one thing to have a gun put to your back until you put your hands up, and there's one thing to get stopped on your way home from school. It's another thing to get get pulled over because you're just speeding a little bit. You know, those are all. I'm not saying those are all three of our situations, but those are all three different situations, yeah. and they all gonna be taken to all three different ways. And I'm not trying to denounce what happened to African American people when it comes to law enforcement in this country, because that that is a true thing. Not too. by any means. Obviously, I am a living proof. But what I'm trying to say is the system is flawed. What we're about to do in this country is take things so extreme to the point where I don't know if we can make a return. We're going backwards, where it's almost like we want to. You, you call for diversity, but you're actually creating segregation because you're so for lack of a better term um i see this a lot within the woke community you're you're so awake to division yeah that maybe you need to take a nap and realize that everything just needs to be together if yeah. everybody starts working as one cohesive unit maybe this world can be a better place all right first and foremost bars that's number one that that was that was an amazing way to word that. I just wanted I just want to put that out there so that everybody recognizes <laughs> the genius that just came out of your mouth. I'm just just saying. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um so I I've been looking up um as as you two have been speaking, just so I can see if I can have a better understanding of different uh aspects of it you know because let's be honest obviously everybody has their own opinion of it um some people do use it as and 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 i do want to say when i say use i don't mean in a negative term i'm just saying how they present it um yes. some people present it as good sorry no i also want you to do we keep this in mind depending on and this is for everybody depending on where you look and depending yeah. on who what you look up it will give you five different definitions. It will Very give you true. five and, different terms of explaining. That, so you got to be careful. Happened. Yeah. Yep. And you got to be careful. And I want you. I want you to say your piece. Go ahead, because I want to yeah. hear what the results were, which why you were looking up different things. Because I'm, yeah. a, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So, Wiki, you know the Almighty Wiki, which you know is good, is good at some places. You know, it's good with some things and crappy with others. Yeah. But hey, it is what it is. You know, that's when the I, internet for <laughs> when I gotta find out a celebrity's birthday, Wiki's right there. Yo, Wiki's the best. How Yo, old is ever... how old is Morgan Freeman? Hey, hey, Wiki's what, right there. What he's in <laughs> did Buffy stab yeah. Yeah. Um, but so one thing says, and this isn't even necessarily on the pages. You know how when you go to Google, it'll have you know what the CRT stand for in teaching. That and I'm reading exactly what it says. Um, what does CRT stand? Or, or mean, and that's a whole nother, that's not even what we're speaking about. Um, what I'm going to read, it says, uh, what are, what is the full form of CRT in politics? Critical race theory is a cross-disciplinary examination by social and civil rights scholars and activists of how laws, social and political movements, and media shape and are shaped by social conceptions of race and ethnicity that's an that's a very interesting way to put it when when you hear other spe people speak 
of CRT, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when when it clearly states, right, that it is a cross disciplinary examination, which means yes, mm-hmm. th- there are debates about this. It is a back and forth. There, you know, you know. The way it really seems is that there really isn't a right answer. It's just the way that the individual translate that information, right? Which exactly. is what? Life? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, right? Critical race theory was something that was being preached by people in the civil rights movement. People don't really realize what people were saying at these rallies, but they were saying exactly what critical race theory is. But the, the problem is, the problem is we've taken that, that, those words Yep. And twisted it into this giant ball of confusion. And yeah. people that claim they're experts on it go out here and pull Chris and Anthony and, and crews of people in different organizations into these classes mm-hmm. and shove this, force feed it down to them, telling them that you're racist, you were born well, racist, and, born and, and you were born racist, you're, you're, you're white, and you're wrong. And you need yeah, to, me, you need to denounce your whiteness. Here, let yep. me read you the other one. It's actually really, really short. Um, it says, "What does CRT stand for on social media?" Critical race theory. It contrasts with the idea that racism is confined to an individual's prejudice against another race. Now that was short and sweet, right? But see how different that is compared mm-hmm. to what I read before. This is the thing, right? So, look, I have friends that are everything, okay? Have I dealt with racism? Yes, absolutely, okay? Now, you know, uh, growing up <laughs> as as young black men in New York, and Chris, look, I know you know everybody, so so I know you've heard this also, right? Um, but it, it, it goes, uh, Oh, you can't be racist because you're white. Oh, no, no, you can't be. No, we can't be racist because we're black. That's what it was. Excuse me. And like you could be prejudiced, though. You can you can have prejudice against different races or or different stereotypes. That's what stereotypes are. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> black people, all black people eat is fried chicken, watermelon, cool, drink Kool-Aid, play or basketball. Or the mob. Yeah, you know, all mm-hmm. time join the mob. Uh, all Germans are Nazis. Um, all Irish people like to drink. Yep, yep. Uh, and carry shillelaghs. Don't forget those. Um, you know, like there's, there's you just so <laughs> or his son, because you know his son got, got it. Uh, David's been killing it. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Left field. Uh, this is what we do. Um, but, but really, like, there's really, you know, all Asians are good at math. You know. Uh, it, it, you know, even New York, even like specific New York, you're talking to three New York, you're, excuse me, you're listening <laughs> to three New Yorkers right now. You know, we always used to hear that Puerto Ricans used to carry the blades under the tongue. You know what I mean? We always used to hear that. Uh, uh, who, yo, who used to have the machetes? Who, who used to carry them all the time? Dominicans, right? Dominicans. Dominican yeah. moms would always have the the machetes. Um, and the Haitians used to have the machetes too. Yeah, yeah. All Jamaicans used to do a smoke weed. Yep. All black people, all, all all African Americans play basketball, listen to rap music. You know what I mean? Like there's there's really so much. There there's everybody has some type of stereotype. When people use critical race theory as a way to 
shun other races or specifically, you know, Caucasian folk or white folk or, you know, which I know you don't like the term. So excuse me, but no, it was the way it was you. Yeah. Um, you know, or, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, yeah, I'm yeah, no, I got you. You know, I didn't want to be disrespectful. No, no, no it was no, addressing. It was used in an addressing manner, like and, and as if direct. it was a derogatory term, right? Exactly. Yes, direct towards him, like um, a shot. Like, you know, uh, right? Like, um, this got crazy. But, <laughs> um, but you know, once again, you know, literally, I have I have extremely close friends, friends that I've had for twenty years and or more and or less that are everything like i like like you know as we used to say right all colors of the rainbow you know what i mean like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it also doesn't matter if you're gay by you know any of the l i'm gonna butcher it so y'all know what i mean i don't want to be disrespectful to it um to to them excuse me um but this is when you use it to tear down something isn't that what our grandparents went through like let me let me explain something and i know i've been going on for a long time so excuse me but let me tell you something what bothers me okay and and this isn't everybody so once again y'all know that this is a show where we just you know we just express how we feel what we're going through what we've seen you know and this is just my opinion me alone Unless Rodney agrees, but me alone, you know, um, there are so many people of my generation, of the generation after me, and 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 some and quite some years before me also, quite some years, who don't even understand where their ancestry comes from, that they don't even understand that it doesn't go far back at all like do you not understand that our grandparents like some of our grandparents some of course some you gotta say it like that because you know all ages that some of our grandparents was born into slavery our great-grandparents dealt with it our Mm -hmm. great-great-grandparents dealt with it Mm -hmm. like it it was not that long ago i believe my and excuse me mom or the family if i got this wrong but I believe one of my grandparents was born somewhere in the 20s, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Something like that. You know, my mom was, well, I won't say that part, but, but, you know, she's, you know, she's been around too. <laughs> you know, like, like the thing is, is that we can't do to them what they did to us. That doesn't make us better. It makes us like how it used to be. Derogatory terms are derogatory terms, no matter how people take them. I understand that, yes, we live in a society now where a lot of people are more, they they get more offended easily. That's That would be the best way I put it, right? It seems like, ev- not every little thing, but there are just so many things that shouldn't, at, at least to me, you know what I mean? Because my mind is not everybody else's. I don't think the way everybody else is think, everybody else thinks. But to me, it just feels like there are people who are just so damn sensitive to words. Like, not you killed my brother, not 
you 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 know in, insulted my mom you know what i mean like you know that's serious you ain't you ain't gonna just talk trash about my mother <laughs> but but it, it, it can be it can be something as i'm not meaning to cut you off no, it no, can no, be please. something as simple as you're crazy bro you call yeah. me crazy i ain't crazy Bro, I just I, I didn't you mean it like crazy. that. You you, you know you're like you know what I mean. Like, come on, yeah. man. You know what I no, I don't know what you mean. Like, what do you relax, bro? Like, yeah. Nobody you know, even, just like even, gotta, even but, just you know it's something something simple like like a tap on the back. You know what I mean? Oh, why'd you hit me? No, no. Why are you touching me? It's just you, you know well, you words know, of violence. Would they like to say? Let me, tell you, let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. I was on the train the other day, and I could have just literally scared the lady, right? But if I was, if, 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 <laughs> shut up, Rodney. <laughs> if, just pictured if, in my head. So let me explain. So I was, I was on the train. I was in my phone. I was watching whatever I was watching. Right. And I turn and she's a older, man, what do I say? I say Caucasian. I say white. Like I'm trying to be nice about it. Um, <laughs> it's me. She's an older woman. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. But this doesn't have to be white. <laughs> yeah. 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 That. Um, but her bag was open and her laptop was out. So, okay. you know, I tapped her, say, excuse me, because look, I, I wouldn't want my laptop out. As a matter of fact, I had my laptop in my lap as we spoke or, you know, as I tapped her and she jumped crazy hard. <laughs> like I wanted to laugh so hard, but if I was, but that was me, you know what I mean? And I told her and we got into a conversation. She said she couldn't close her bag because the laptop's too big, blah, 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 blah. Her son, I think, was next to her, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I got I got a big laptop in my bag, this, that, and third. So, you know, there was a small report we bought before we all got off the, on the uh, got off the track. Uh, but if I thought in a different way, if I grew up in a different way, I could have flipped out. Also, why are you jumping for? Why are you acting like that? You know, I could have definitely. Yeah. That that could have been a complete 180. You know what I mean? And that's scary. That that's scary in this day and age where you know, and Rodney and I well, I think we all spoke about it on the last episode, or or well, on the episode that, that the first episode we all we, we had. Um, but you know, what world are we bringing our children into? What world have we not not like well, that, me, that, yeah. not, what are we bringing? What what world have we brought our children into? The, tell you right now, my movie senses is going off because there's uh -oh. a scene from a particular movie. I believe it was called The Bronx Tale. <laughs> you remember when Colosio was in love? When he fell in love with the girl that was black, mm -hmm. and he asked Sonny what he should do instead of going to his father first. What does Sonny tell him? It doesn't matter what color she is. You love her. You like her, you care about her, then you do right by her. Yep. As long as she respects you and takes care of you and you take care of her, that doesn't matter. But she's black. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. See, Absolutely. it doesn't matter. Love who you want to love. The only thing he told him was, I don't care who she is. If she don't lean over and open that door for you, that's disrespectful. You get rid of her. <laughs> he didn't tell, oh, that black girl don't lean over there and lock the door for you. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Yeah. No, he said, any woman don't lean over and open that door for you, get rid of her. But what does he do when he went upstairs and go talk to his father, Robert De Niro? He goes, what would you say? I have this friend who, who happens to like this black girl. Um, but he like really likes her dad. You know, he's really into why he can't date somebody, somebody that, um, that's mm -hmm. Italian. That's your first response to your son? Right. He, but think of the time. 
We're in the 60s. Mm-hmm. It's a different ball game. And at that time, things were separated still. Right. And it was a it was a different feel to it. So sorry. But no, but it's just crazy how you you see these things get broken down, right? And that small dynamic of the gangster that's out here doing dirt. It's yep. telling him, bro, love who you want to love, man. Doesn't matter. But the hardworking man, blue collar man, goes and tells his son, "We we like to keep things together here. Right. You know, you don't have to. You don't have. To, why does it have to go like somebody? He can't find somebody like 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 him. Man, look, man, we've all dated outside our race. We've all, all three of us. Hello. <laughs> like, I mean, same here. You know, but what black Puerto Rican? Like, I mean, I'm half Puerto Rican, but still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like Chris, I know Chris. Like, it's just it just is what it is. But but let let me I, I do want to flip it though because we have we have been shitting on on some of the ways that people use um, CRT, but there are a lot of benefits from it also, and I think I think it's overshadowed by the negative aspects of of how people approach it. Um, Chris, would you would you agree that they're like? There are like definitely like benefits to where at least when it comes to some laws, maybe not all, you know what I mean? But some laws, maybe um, you know, just and and hell, just how like people have discussions, like maybe we are, you know, just like a discussion like this, but where where there are sides and they're listened to and there is actual like I don't know say intelligent, but I'll say non-biased opinions you know like or 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 at least receptive being receptive to these other opinions well so you should always be receptive to learn about other people i'll give you an example my first year i went to morrisville as a freshman 500 miles upstate and morrisville did a very good job of recruiting in the um in the boroughs they would uh provide busing uh stipends and so although it was upstate you had a whole mixed bag and we had this dude lived on the hall, Big Lenny. He was in his like seventh year. It was a two-year college. He was on his third degree, right? And he kind of like ran the hall, right? So I apparently earned his respect. And he used to call me Rock. Um, you know, Italian guy, muscles and dark hair. So he called me Rock. But every night I'd get that phone call that yelled down the hallway, yo, Rock, Arsenio's on. And I'd go down to Lenny's room and we'd pass the duchy with a few other dudes and we'd talk to each other and we'd ask each other about what kind of neighborhood you grow up in? What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in? Right. And, you know, I, I was, we lived in Brooklyn when I was uh, little and we moved out here when I was three. So I didn't get the real experience in, in the boroughs. So these guys, and we would just talk, we ask questions, you know, and, even if it was a question, like something like you, it was a prejudice question or you thought, you just asked a question. And we all got along and we did this every night. And, you know, I learned a lot about how these dudes grew up. They learned a lot about me, you know. And I used to wear it as a badge of honor because they called me down there every night to come in the room. You know, it was a respect thing. You know, it was like, all right, this dude's cool. He, he can hang. Let's bring him in. And not everybody on that hallway got that invitation. You know, and that's what's lacking nowadays. You know, it's you ask questions respectfully. 
and and, and sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but that that's that's exactly where I was going to lead, man. It, it's you know, I there's so much information in this world, and nobody knows everything, right? Um, like like Chris, you and I have had so many discussions, you know, but there's still so much information that we don't know about each other. Exactly. You know what I mean? Even even Rodney and I, and yeah. we talk a lot, like a lot, <laughs> you know. So so. You know, I mean, look at this podcast. Like, I know we've learned so much from each other from this podcast alone. And, you know, oh, I'm getting a little emotional. Sorry. I, today, like I said, today has been a extremely long day. But I think today, with these last few days, especially today, um, just between work life, personal life, oh, actually, most of my personal life is good. But... But there's, I was I was actually telling my mother today. I'm not angry, I'm not mad, frustrated. Oh, oh yeah, that's through the roof. <laughs> but I'm not depressed. I'm not upset. If this was three years ago, I, my three that's alive. This was two years ago, a year and a half. Yeah, two years ago. I would be like my emotions would be in a hole somewhere. We just spoke about that, I believe, last episode. Um, man, there's there's a way to love. Listen, whoever believes that you're born racist, you're an ass. Because how many times have we seen kids of all ethnicities just go up and hug each other, especially as a parent? You got to remember, man, we were those kids at one point. Yes, life has, you know, changed us and molded us into the people that we are. But when you look at it, man, we were those kids. I'm still that kid. <laughs> That's the truth. That is that is the if there's if there's anything y'all believe on these shows that we have done, believe that. For the most part, I have remained me my entire life. Things have changed, absolutely. But the core of me has been me. And the way I'm trying to maintain this mentality of my life at this point, I'm not willing to lose that over something stupid. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lose that because people want to argue about if if people are racist or or an entire race is racist or or entire race is prejudice or you know that company that company wants to wants to bury this you know, uh, neighborhood or, or they want to try to, 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 you know, uh, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm forgetting the name, the, the opposite. Uh, uh, company? No. You know how people make jokes about white people moving in? What am I, Rodney? What am I looking you, for? You. This is terrible. Are ah. you talking about? Are you talking about like a um, derogatory term? No, like, like you know, like when they joke about like Starbucks being there and fresh fruit. Oh, gentrification. Thank you. So <laughs> I, thinking, I couldn't think of it. I couldn't <laughs> I was think like, of it. the neighborhood. Yeah, that thing. Um, you know what I mean? Like when, when, like, I'm saying a lot of likes. I apologize. I just I just believe that there truly is a better way, but because of so many different aspects 
and this part, I'm specifically talking about the U.S. There's so many different negative forces that it's so hard to recognize and accept the positive aspects of things, especially when it comes about comes comes when it when it, when it's about people's thought about about subjects or topics or whatever the case may be. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a I, I love what you're saying because it goes back to the kid thing. Um, I knew a couple of kids whose parents were prejudiced, some some might even been racist, Same. um, in a, in a lot of ways. But their kids always hung out with me. They always was in my house. They always was around. They always they always was chill. They never grew. They didn't believe what their parents believed because we hang out every day. We see each other every day. Now, for those who are listening, I'm my close friends, not the ones that grew up on the block. We were a melting pot. That's how it was. But through life, I met some people that may have not liked me being in their home, may Same. have not liked me being around their children. Same. And I'm a child myself, you know? So to that's learned behavior, man. Um, you see that at home. Um, I, was, do, I was just about to get to say that. And I, I tell people all the time, there's a couple of movies that you can you can throw out there. One of my favorites is American History X. And if you pay attention to how his father spoke at the dinner table, there was only there was only a smidget of an opportunity that he wasn't gonna come out the way he did after his father got killed. I turned around and I said, Wow. To hear his father speaking about African American people at the dinner table, there's only a matter of time before his oldest son was gonna take that in. Yep. Now, granted, the little brother was on the fence. He only was following what his big brother was doing. Right. But as soon as the big brother said, No, this ain't the way, that's when our confliction happened. Because the little brother was too young to figure out what happened yep. and to know. But that's all it takes is that little bit of influence. When yep. you hear somebody speak a certain kind of way, uh, like we, we throw it up inside, you want to go to a comedy round, Clerks 2, where he, where he used the term porch monkey. And he thought it was nothing wrong with it. But there is something extremely wrong with it. Yeah. And he goes, my grandma would use it all the time. And she, there wouldn't be no, no, it it's, your grandma was a little racist, bro. And, <laughs> like, and this is, right, and wasn't this what Chris was talking about at the very beginning about it's not about not understanding the African-American culture. It's the fact that there are so many people trying to bury it. And like we see that in certain states as we speak. And, and, those are, and it's crazy because those are things that, and with all due respect to Chris, like these are things that Rodney and I have to think about. You know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you know, I know you have your nieces and I know there's the family and everything, but like, you know, without daughters and things like that. Yeah, your daughters, yeah. These are, these are like really heavy things that we have to deal with. And and the fact that people want to attempt to destroy history, to destroy to destroy uh the 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 core you know, and 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 the understanding of a culture. That that's when critical race theory goes negative. But when there are people who want to, who truly, 
truly want to educate and 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 have that that audience whether it's one person a hundred a thousand a million it doesn't matter when you have that audience who is willing to reciprocate what you are saying and attempt to understand and ask questions because let's be honest man like people say oh there's wrong questions like there's there's questions that you're like yo that was dumb as hell but like you know what you were brave enough to even ask and and uh, i'm sorry i'll just leave it on this like just I just want to I just want to give a shout out to everybody who who maintains the positive aspect of it. Um, I know it's hard, and I'm sorry, you know, Chris. I, I know I can speak for Rodney when I say that I'm, you know, I'm I'm terribly sorry that you that you and Aunt had to go through that, you know, because that's not that's not right. That's not fair. Um, granted, life isn't fair, but hey, <laughs> um, but you know, that's just that's just that's not right. Um, this is this is a topic that I think we might touch on, we might get a few opinions about this. I, I think, I think this is a, uh, this is definitely maybe, maybe, you know what? I have an idea and Chris, we'll have you back for that third episode. And um, yeah, I have actually a really good idea for this. Um, good. Sorry. No, I, what I was going to, my, my last comment is, is, is simply this. It's not, um, it's, it's the understanding of burying a culture, but it's also on the flip side of acting, uh, acting as if my culture never happened. So I want I want everyone to know that there are things culturally that happen to everybody's culture, but it just seems right now, as much as everybody's trying to bring black culture into the forefront, you're actually knocking it back down 10 pegs. So stop trying to force it and just let the African-American community do its work and tell or talk about their culture. Yeah. You know, it's so stop. It for an agenda. Yes, don't put, don't force it and push it. Let the community do it, and the community will band together and do it. Because we, are, who would know better than the community? All right, exactly. the same way we do with the LGBTQ community, we let their community explain to us what it is. Don't, don't, we don't for, we, now. But now we got a lot of businesses and stuff that are forcing a lot of things within that community. But when I ask questions, I'm gonna go to that community. I don't. I don't know nothing. I'm going to you. I, I don't know nothing about Italian culture. I know a lot of Italians. I'm going along them. Somebody got to have the answer. Absolutely. I'm not just going to assume. So let's 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 make it clear. Ask questions. Tap your friend on the shoulder. To me, no question is a stupid question, because it might just be that thought that changes your life. True. Once you get that right answer. Final thoughts, Chris. Yeah. Just you know, don't be ignorant. Um, don't let bad history repeat itself. You know, good history can repeat itself. Bad history, don't. And don't use other people's cultures or race for your own agenda. Um, and like Rodney, you know, get to know people. Go back to that. Go back to talking. You know, whatever setting you're in, college is great for that because you're all in the same boat. And, you know, like when I was on the EOP line waiting for my book stipend, you're the same as the guy next to you. You're both waiting for that stipend because you can't afford books, you know, and build those relationships, talk to people. That's my advice. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, Chris, do you want them to find you? <laughs> What's that? I said, do you want them to find you? Sure. You can find <laughs> me on enough. Facebook. Chris DeCarlis. There you go. Uh, Rod? You can find me at Rod underscore Rod underscore Binks on Instagram and Rod Rod Binks at Twitter.
cool. And you can find me, Mr. Marvel87, uh, both on Instagram, Twitter, and Threads. That's what it's called. Threads, right? Threads. That's yeah, I can't believe you. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I talk to a lot of people. Um, also, make sure to follow ADA, uh, which is the show, a different angle, on ADA Pod 2023, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter. And we will be more active, I promise. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Stay positive. Rod, hit him with it. If you're looking for a different angle, well, the guys will give it to you. It's been a different angle, guys. Peace. Peace. Thanks for having me, guys. I'll make them all see that I could be anything I want to be. If you got a dream, then you need persistence and lots of belief. Yeah. Yo, don't take that Negative energy, I replace that I just wanna be me, I don't fake that I just wanna be free, yeah, chase that I got a new obsession It's helping and teaching and giving everyone a lesson